You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your joy. Thank you, Jesus, for your refreshing that washes over us, God. Sometimes we don't even know that we're carrying heavy things, but you do. Thank you for your faithfulness to watch over us and to love us and to pour out on us exactly what we need. Thank you, Jesus, for your anointing, your anointing that breaks the yoke and your breath that causes things to come alive. Thank you, Father, for breakthrough in this place. I just feel like there's somebody that feels like they are up against a wall and you are feeling like, I'm just going to walk away now. And I just hear the Spirit of the Lord say, no, 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 no. Do not walk away. Do not walk away. You are moments away. You are moments away. Stand your ground. Having done all, having done all, having done all, stand, therefore. Having done all, stand, therefore. Do not away. Do not sit down. Do not back down. Stand therefore and see the deliverance of God. Stand therefore and see what God can do. Stand therefore and see the mighty hand of God move. Stand therefore and see greater things. Stand. Be strengthened right now. Be strengthened right now from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. Strength moving. For my strength is greater, my strength is in you. Stand. Stand your ground. And see the hand of the Lord. Thank you, God, for your strength. Thank you, God, for your strength. We couldn't do it without you. Forgive us for the times where we thought it was our own. Forgive us for the times that we thought that we were doing it ourselves and doing a great job of it on our own. Forgive us, Father, it was you. Thank you for your refreshing, Father. You're always faithful. You're always faithful. Thank you, Father. We look to you. Praise you, Jesus. Well, you can be seated. Thank you, praise and worship team. Oh, well, hello. I can see your faces now. (laughs) At the beginning of the year, gosh, I'm scared. I don't, you guys may see a face plant today. I don't know. I'm worried about this. Um, But don't you worry about it. (laughs) At the beginning of the year, we talked about kind of some of the stuff that the Lord was putting on my heart regarding 
what was going forward this year and just some of the stuff that I felt going on the year. And one of the things was intensified prayer, prayer, more prayer. If you, if you, if you are someone that prays a lot, I just feel like there's a call to even more, even greater. And, and if you're not somebody that prays that much or don't pray at all, it's a call to in being invited, invited into that place of prayer. And so this morning, well, actually a couple of days ago when I was like, God, what do you want me to speak on? And, and uh, I just wasn't hearing anything. And I'm like, well, maybe God's just going to do something in the service and I got to trust him. I don't know. And so I'd spent some time praying and so seeking God and I'm still not getting anything. And finally he gives me a verse and the first verse he gives me talks about prayer. And I'm like, okay, maybe he wants to talk about prayer. And second verse he gives me prayer. I'm like, I see you. You want me to talk about prayer. So I began a study in prayer. So we're going to talk about prayer this morning and, and we may talk about prayer for the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure yet, but just to kind of encourage us and to remind us why prayer, what does prayer mean? What is it, what is it to us in our lives? And hopefully excite us to go and do more prayer or be invited into that place of prayer. So Colossians 4, verse 2 says, Be persistent and devoted to prayer, being alert and focused in your prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving. Another word for devoted means be faithful, meaning it's something that you do day after day that you are faithful to that place of prayer. At the same time, pray for us that God will open a door of opportunity for us, to us, for the world, to proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I have been imprisoned, that I may make it clear and speak boldly and unfold the mystery in the way I should. So it's saying, be persistent, keep on praying. You gotta keep on praying. And prayer, in its most simplest term, means communicating with God. It's the simplest term communicating with God. And I was thinking about that this morning and I'm like, can you imagine like the most famous person in the world? I don't know who that is, but, but I don't know. Somebody give me a name of somebody famous. Who? Patience? <laughs> what did you say, patience? Patience. Imagine patience, the most famous person in the world. <laughs> Imagine you, you, you've got her number and you, you get to talk to her. Imagine it's like I've got Patience's number and I get to communicate with her. I was with someone yesterday and, and uh, he was flying out. He was like, pray for me next week. And I was like, okay, what for? And he's like, I'm, I'm flying to California to go spend some time with Justin Bieber. Yeah, you did. And uh, I'm like, wow, like, how cool is that? Like, you're just going to go hang out with Justin Bieber. And I was thinking about that, and I'm thinking, this is prayer. You get to communicate with God. Talk about more than the most famous person in the world. God, who knows all, sees all, incredibly loving. He's like, hey, you've got my number call me. Let's talk. 
So it's communicating with God. Prayer, communicating with God. Now, it's not just a monologue where I go and I talk to God and I say some things and I tell him what's on my heart and I walk away. It's a dialogue. It's a two-way. It's me talking to God and then God talking back to me. And a lot of times what happens is we look at prayer as I've said the things that I need to say and I'm good now. I prayed where it's like, no, God's like, I've got something that I want to talk to you about. I've got some insight into the situation that you're going through. Let me say some things to you about it. So it's, it's communicating with God. It's not just when you need something. It's your connection. It's what links the spirit world to the physical. Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, A final word, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on, the, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Let me just point this out as I'm reading this. The Holy Spirit says, show them this. Against all the strategies of the devil. Do you know who shows you the strategies of the devil? God. He's the one that knows. So you, so you want to be in that place of prayer so that God can say, hey, you're going you're gonna to want to watch out over here. You're not going to want to say that. Be careful over there. Because he knows the strategies. So when it says, for we are, I just read that part. Verse 13, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, and pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. All times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Stay alert and be persistent. There again, be persistent. So in other words, I'm going to read you more verses as we go on today about talking about persistence in prayer. I would imagine that it says be persistent because there's probably a chance that we may be tempted not to be persistent. So when we pray, we are inviting God into our situation. We are saying, God, I want you to enter into this place. So enter into our day, enter into our moment, enter into the circumstance. That's why you pray on all occasions. God, thank you for this day. I am asking you to come into this place and for you to have your way in my day. Your will be done, your kingdom come. Inviting God into it. And then when there's problems that arise, when there's circumstances that happen, we stop. And instead of running our mouth, because we do that, right? Complaining, getting upset, whatever it is, stop. Wait a sec. We need the wisdom of God in this. We need the will of God in this. 
maybe, maybe you're even in the middle of like being tempted to, to sin or, or, you know, something, you, you've been fighting something, you, you've been fighting temptations and you're like, ah, stop. God, I need you in this situation right now. But it's asking him to come into that place in that moment. I don't know why it is, but there are many times where we're just tempted to just shut it down. Instead of stopping and praying, it's like, oh, I don't, I'm not even, why? I'm just, I don't even need God in this right now. Or I, I don't even want to talk to God about this right now. Or I'm ashamed. Or I don't know what it is, but, but, but I'm here to tell you, stop in everything. Be persistent in everything, in every occasion, in every situation. Stop. It doesn't have to be a long, big, huge prayer. It could just be like, God, I need you right now into this place. Inviting him into the situation. Okay, Luke 11. Luke 11 is the Lord's Prayer. Most of us know this, but we're going to read it. It says, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, when he stopped praying, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. I love this because this is a realization for the disciples. They're seeing this communication that happens with Jesus and the Father. Jesus gets away, he goes to the Father, he comes back, he has solutions, he has revelation, he says things, and and all of a sudden the disciples are realizing, wait a second, we can do what he does. So Jesus, how do you talk to the Father? Teach us how to do what you do. That's so cool to me because the, the, the disciples are asking Jesus, teach us this. And this becomes the way that we can pray like Jesus did to the Father. And so Jesus goes to tell them and he says, when you pray, say this, our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. Right away, we see that this is a relational prayer. This is Father. This is me going, Father, it's me, your daughter, Megan. Your daughter. Dad, I'm I'm coming to you because I need you. That's it's it's relational in itself. It's not a ritual. Prayer isn't a ritual that Christians do. God, free us from that place. It's a necessity because we need him in every day, in every moment, in every part of our life. So he says, you say, guys, you, you call him father because it's a relationship. It's, it's not like what you've seen before. This is, this is him turning his ear to you saying, ah, it's my kid. What do you need? And he says, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. There's that invite into, it's, it's you no more. Your ways are better. A lot of times I try to rule and reign in this world. <laughs> Me, myself, my ways, wanting my kingdom to become, to come. <laughs> and in this prayer, it stops everything and says, you know what? I might have had plans. I might have even wanted the glory, but just actually it's your kingdom. It's your ways that are better. 
on, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We'll go over some of those in the days ahead. But prayer is inviting God into your life, into your situation every moment. And it's inviting his rule, his kingdom, his way of doing things into your life. Revelations 3.20. It says, behold, I am standing at the door knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come to you, I will feast with you, and you will feast with me. Prayer is an invitation. God, God doesn't force his way into your life. He won't force his way in. It's an invitation, but he stands at the door. He stands at the door. And, and for many of us who have asked Jesus into our life, we know that. It's like, yes, I said yes, and he came in. But there's other areas in our life that he'd like to come into. There are other places in our life that he, he has some insight into. Places in your heart that he'd like to heal. And he stands at the door and knocks. Will you let me in to that place? Will you let me in? I heard this quote. When you don't pray, it's basically saying, I don't need you. That's, <laughs> that's sobering. When you don't pray, when you don't invite God into your situation, you're saying, I can do this on my own. See the importance of it? When he stands at the door and knocks, prayer is opening that door and saying, come in. You can come into this place. Second Chronicles 7 verse 14 says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will restore their land. Humble is the first word. If, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. That's meaning that I may even think that I know what to do in this situation, but I'm humbling myself. I, I'm laying down every crown, every, every sort of wisdom I think I know, everything I'm laying it down and saying, you are welcome to come into this. He says, humble yourself. He says, if they will humble themselves and pray, there it is, opening up my life to him, opening up my life for him to come in, humble themselves and pray and seek my face. That's another thing we've been talking about lately um, for this year is seeking his face. You know, there's a difference between seeking and looking. Looking is kind of like, yeah, <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you something in our house. We have a saying, I might have told you this before, but we have a saying where the kids or my husband will come to me and be like, I can't find this. And I'll say, did you look with your eyes? <laughs> open? <laughs> and so now they say, I can't find this. And I looked with my eyes open. <laughs> 
there's looking where you're, where we've all done this. It's like, nope, can't see it, right? But then there's seeking where you are looking for something and you don't stop until you find it. Ever lost your keys? And you got to go to work. You need them for your car. You don't go, nope, can't find it. You seek, right? You, you seek, you start looking. You start calling the last place that you were. Have you seen my keys? You call your husband, you call your kids. Everyone's looking for the keys because you need those keys to get to work. And so you seek and you seek and you seek until you find it. God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Oh, I missed a part. And turn from their wicked ways. Maybe it's seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. If they will seek me, not to show up. Hi, Father, that art in heaven, hallowed be the name that came to come. Thy will be done on earth as it heaven to give us this day our daily bread. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> that there be a, a seeking involved. And then he says, and they will turn from their wicked ways. That's repentance. Repentance is a lifestyle. Repentance is a lifestyle. There are things that God will say, hey, I don't want that anymore. Hey, no more. And there's a turning away from it. Like, okay, God, okay. I want you to put that down. Okay, God, I'll, I'll turn away from it. And then he gives this promise. He says, I will hear from heaven. I will hear them. It's a heart posture. I'll hear them. I'll forgive them. And I'll restore their land. Or I'll heal, I'll heal their land. That's, that's the promise. Just keep, you keep showing up. You, you, you have this part of your heart that's surrendered to him, that God, I need you. I don't know what to do about this situation, God. But you just give me the direction. I'll lay down what needs to be laid down, God. I'm looking for your direction in this. He says, I'll, I'll cause restoration to come. I'll cause restoration to enter into that situation. I'll cause healing to flow there. But a lot of times what happens is, is we do the once prayer, like, did you pray about it? Mm-hmm, yeah, once and heard nothing. Tried that once, nothing. No, 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 be persistent. You, you keep going to him. You keep humbling yourself. You keep laying it down. You keep doing it. He says, oh, I'll hear. Oh, I hear. Every time you pray, I hear it. But there's this posture of our heart that says, I just, I just keep coming to you, God, because there is no other way. There should never be any other way. So prayer is communicating with God personally. I wanna show you a verse that I was reading just the other day and I've never looked at it like this before, but it's an invite. It's an invite of God's plans for us into our life. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans, I know we know this, but just look, for I know the plans and the thoughts that, you, that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster. 
to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call on me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear your voice and I will listen to you. And then with a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity. And you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes. I will free you and gather you from all nations and from all places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from where I've sent you. Look at this, for I know the plans that I have for you. And this, this blew my mind because I mean, I have been given plaques that say this. I, I just, and what blew my mind about it is, this is the place of entering in to prayer and saying, God, come into my day, why? Because I know the plans that I have for you. I know, God says, I know, I know what it is that I have for you. And so why wouldn't I invite the God who, who before I was born said, this is the plan that I have for Megan and it's a plan to prosper her and it's a plan of peace. It's a good plan for her. Why would I not wake up in the morning and sit with my father and say, what is the plan for today? Because your plan for me is, is peace. I shouldn't miss a day. I shouldn't miss a moment. Wait, God, what's your plan right now? I love it. He says, if you will seek and require of me, you will find me. First John 5, 14 says, this is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to have before him. That if we ask anything according to his will, see, this is why we need to know the will of the Lord. What is your plan, God? If we ask anything, this is the, this is the confidence that we have. If we ask anything according to his will that is consistent with his plan and his purpose, he hears us. Wow. Revelations 4.1. Here's another place of wanting to know what the plan is, of sitting and communicating with God, of taking our prayer just a little bit farther where I, I, I talk to him and he talks to me. I bring every little thing to him because look at this. He says, after this, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven and the first voice which I had heard, like the sound of a war trumpet speaking to me said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things. Come up here. I've got things that I wanna show you. I know I've been in many places in my life where I'm like, I don't know. I literally don't know how to fix this. There's times where you, some of you have come to me and it's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, dear God, 
I don't know what to do either. <laughs> this, is, this is the place. He's got the strategy. He knows exactly what needs to take place. Come up here. Come on, come up here. Devotion to prayer doesn't start out as devotion. It starts out as discipline. Prayer is a transfer of a burden. 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Casting actually means to put the responsibility into someone else's hands. Prayer is that. God, this is what I'm carrying. I'm going to place it in your hands. If there's something that you would like to say to me about it, say it. But I wasn't meant to carry this. You weren't meant to carry it. Stop carrying it. He, he provided a way for you not to have to carry that, that anxiety, that worry, that heaviness that you're carrying. You were not designed to carry it. Stop carrying it. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Be anxious for nothing, but pray about everything. Be anxious for nothing, but pray about everything. Anxiety is the opposite of prayer. It's the opposite of prayer. When you feel anxiety, that's your cue. I know I've said it before, that's your cue. I need to pray. It's time to pray. I was not meant to carry this. I was not meant to carry this on my own. I was not meant to carry this worry. I was not meant to carry this fear. I was not meant to carry it. That's your cue. It's time to pray. You know, let me say this. There have been times where I have, um, I have gone into prayer worried about something and, and, and I've prayed and I, I felt, I felt re the release. I felt like, yes, okay, I feel good. And, and I go to walk, I, I walk out of prayer and like 10 minutes later, I, 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh, I'm worried about it again. That doesn't mean it didn't work. It means go pray again. Go pray again. Cast your burdens on the Lord and Psalms 55, 22. Cast your burdens on the Lord and he shall sustain you. Some of you carrying a lot of heavy things. Cast them on the Lord. He sustains you. A lot of times we want to protect and preserve ourselves. It ain't going to work. It isn't going to work. He will sustain you. He, sh he will never permit the righteous to be moved. You've got to cast your care on him. Okay, last one. Prayer is your weapon. It's your weapon. <laughs> what do you call it when you carry a gun? It's like, are you packing, right? Are you, 
Yeah, I am. Prayer. Just kidding. <laughs> Edit that out, please. <laughs> Prayer goes into situations and changes things that you cannot change on your own. So, it goes into situations and changes things that you cannot change on your own. You may not be able to see it working in the moment, but it's working. It's working. I want to take you to, uh, first we'll start in Ephesians 6 verse 12. We already read this, but I'm going to read it again. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We have got to begin to shift our focus on not the things that are going on in front of you, not the person that's in front of you. It's not the circumstance that's in front of you. There is usually something else going on in the spirit realm. You do not wrestle against your mother-in-law. You, you, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood, your coworker. There is something else at work. And, and you have been given prayer as your weapon to deal with it. And so it says, it says principalities, it says you don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Principalities means the prince over a region. So this would be a demonic prince over a region. If you ever walked into different cities and you feel different things, some, some cities have um, great poverty and some don't. Oftentimes that would be the demonic prince or the principality over a region. Different regions have different things. And your prayer is a weapon to deal with those things. Look at Daniel, Daniel 10. So Daniel has been praying for 21 days, okay? Verse seven, only I, Daniel, saw this vision. Suddenly he has a vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide, which makes me laugh, because what were they terrified of? They saw nothing and just went running. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me, my face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Just then a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. <laughs> like he's, I'm scared, okay? Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. Look at this. Daniel was praying 21 days ago. He's been praying for 21 days. This angel shows up and says, from the first day that you began to pray, we heard you. Not only did we, and he said, you were praying for understanding. Your request was made. And he said, and I came to answer your prayer from the first day. 
But for 21 days, he says, but this is what was going on in 21 days. You prayed that first day, I was deployed. I came to help you. He goes, but for 21 days, the spirit prince or the principality of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. It wasn't an actual king. We're talking a demonic principality blocked the angel's way. Then Michael, one of the archangels came to help me and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. While he was speaking to me, this is Daniel, I looked down on the ground, unable to say a word. Then the one who looked like a man touched my lips and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing in front of me, I am filled with anguish because of the vision I have seen, my Lord. I am very weak. How can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is God and I can hardly breathe. Then the one who looked like a man touched me again and I felt my strength return. Don't be afraid, he said, for you are precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. So Daniel prayed for 21 days on the first day the angel was sent out and began warring in the spirit. He couldn't see what was going on. He just set himself to pray. It says he humbled himself. Humbled himself. He just kept praying. He just kept praying. 21 days and the angel showed him what would happen. Never stop praying. Don't take delay as defeat. You keep praying, it's your weapon. You keep praying, you keep praying for your family. You keep praying, you keep praying for that circumstance. You keep praying for your health. You keep, don't just show up, well, I haven't heard God. I haven't seen it, nothing's changed. No, 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 from the first day you began to pray, God heard you. From the first day. That's why the Bible says in Colossians 4, be persistent, be devoted, be faithful. This is something we set our hearts to. This is something we do. Another one on the principality, when Jesus crossed over with the disciples, he crossed over to the other side. And, and the demoniac, the man who was, who, who was possessed with demons showed up, right? He came running to Jesus and what he said to him was, don't, don't make me leave this region. What was that? He was talking to a principality. Don't make me leave here. I don't want to leave here. And of course, we know that Jesus cast him out. There's a principality, powers of the air. You, you have to understand that there's more going on than just what you see but you have the power. I'm gonna end with this. Look at this, Colossians 2.10. And you, that's you, that's me, and you are complete in him. You know what that means? Nothing missing, nothing lacking. You are complete in him. Who is the head of all principalities and power? You are complete in him. This is why you pray. You are complete in him who is the head. Jesus, who is the head of every principality, every power. That means you 
can walk into situations that are in complete upheaval, upheaval and say, no, peace, I command peace right now. I command order to enter into this situation right now in Jesus' name. Come on, you're complete in him. You're complete in him. You've been given prayer as a weapon. You know how many times, there have been times where I've been ministering up here and, and, and you can see stuff going on that sometimes you guys can't even see and there'll be stuff going on or sometimes I'll be down there and, and I don't even have to, I don't have to yell and scream. I'll just say, in the name of Jesus. That's enough. I declare peace right now and you will watch this. And that's because I'm a pastor. No, 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 no. That's the authority that the believer carries. That's the authority you carry. So I, I, don't, I, don't know what you, I don't know what you need to command in your life. I, I declare restoration right now in the name of Jesus. I declare it right now in the name of Jesus. You can, you can sit down. This is the will of God. You can sit down or you can walk into your prayer room, whatever it is. You can look at a situation and I declare wholeness to enter in here right now in Jesus' name. I declare healing to flow in the name of Jesus. I am complete. He is the head over every principality, over every power. Satan, I see you. You don't get to be in operation anymore. And so what I want us to do is recognize that there are things that go on that we don't see. One, you can draw back and say, God, what's going on here? What's going on here? What do I need to pray for? What's happening right now? And then you grab that, whatever he says, and then you begin to command it. You have the authority. You have the authority. Prayer is not a wish list. It's not a wish list. It's an it, it's inviting God into our life. It's communicating with him. It's 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 using it as a weapon. It's recognizing the power that's behind it. And it's a necessity and it's vital to every moment, every circumstance, everything in your life. And I challenge us. I, I, if you're not someone who prays, that is no condemnation at all. I am not, I, I'm saying, hey, you know, I've been in those places where even sometimes I felt disappointed in my life and I'm like, what's the point? Keep praying. Because I also promise you that there have been times that I have worked at things and tried things and took every angle and said every word that I could possibly say to try to change the situation only to find out that I should have just prayed. Because when I prayed, I watched the situation turn around. Some of you struggling with marriages, pray, pray, pray. 
Dave McGrew said to me one time as a minister, from a minister's point of view, sorry, that if he could give any wisdom from all his years of, of, of pastoring, it would have been that I wish I would have prayed more and said less. Wow. I wish I would have prayed more. So if you, you're not someone who, who, who's prayed or, or made it your devotion, begin, begin with 10 minutes. Just begin with 10 minutes. Begin with opening up your eyes in the morning and saying, welcome in. Father, welcome into my day. I'm learning to hear your voice. I don't even know what this really looks like, but I'm inviting you even into that. Teach me what it looks like to spend time with you. I'm inviting you in. And see what God can do. Father, I pray over us today. And Father, I just thank you so much for your goodness towards us. And God, I just pray that there be deeper, refreshing times of prayer that begins to happen. Father, that everyone in this place will become people of prayer, people that pray into every situation, into every circumstance, that the first thing that comes to our minds isn't trying to figure it out on our own, but the first thing that comes is, I'm gonna take this to the Lord in prayer. Father, teach us how to go even deeper into that place. Ignite a spark and a fire in our hearts to pray, Father. As exciting and deep times open up. Father, I pray over those who have felt like giving up. Maybe those who have given up, Father. That you're ministering to them right now. you're ministering to them right now, Father, and that there is a strength like a lion rising back up on the inside of them to grab hold of the promise and say, I am not letting go in the name of Jesus. That there is a strength, that there is a persistence that rises back up on them in the name of Jesus. name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I just hear, I just hear this. It's a funny thing. I just hear the Lord saying, woman of God, you are like a lion. Woman of God, I created you to be like a lion. Woman of God, I've created you to be like a lion. You are strong, you are persistent. You watch over what needs to be watched over and you have been bruised from battle. But I hear the Lord say, I am healing every one of those wounds right now. 
and causing strength to enter into those places. Woman of God, use your voice. Woman of God, use your voice. The enemy meant to silence you. You are no longer silenced. Use your voice. Use your voice. Use your voice. Thank you, Jesus. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.